Let's talk Lent. Welcome back to the Youth Ministry Forecast. This is the very first episode after the first episode. So we just finished <laughs> we just finished up talking about uh, making missionary disciples. Thanks for joining along with us. And we want to continue. And conveniently, we're recording this on the very first day of Lent, Ash Wednesday. So uh, yeah, we're just going to talk a little bit about Lent, about uh, not just you know, what do we do during Lent as faithful Catholics? So for, for us as core members of staff, as, you know, followers of Jesus, what is Lent, what should Lent look like for us? But also at the end of it, we'll talk a little bit about how uh, we can help our teens, help the youth um, to, to live into the season a little bit more. So today I've got Mark with me and we thought we would start off by, hmm, what are you doing? What are you doing this Lent? What are you doing for Lent? We'll talk about what we're doing for Lent. Well, Jonathan invited me for this podcast, and I said yes because I gave up my office chair, and so I am saying yes to all meetings and podcasts because I'm I'm sitting right now, which is very exciting. <laughs> You're welcome. You just yeah. think you're struggling, so I figured, <laughs> hey, we'll we'll, yeah. we'll we'll do a podcast. Yeah. Um, besides that, um, I'm I I love YouTube, and so I'm I'm giving up uh, YouTube as well. Wait. Um, I- I thought I just saw you on that YouTube. That wasn't I just saw you on YouTube, Mark. That technically wasn't YouTube. That's a oh different my streaming. All right. So we just we just talked. Don't follow Mark. We example. just talked to our teens. I just talked to our teens about this last night, about how you're not supposed to replace one thing with another thing that's very similar. And so I said that I was giving up YouTube and I uninstalled YouTube on my phone so that it's like I have an app and so I wouldn't be tempted. But there are other streaming devices <laughs> on my phone. Oh and my I gosh. did happen to show Jonathan a video right before we hey, started this. Well, in your defense, I guess I'll come to your aid a little bit. Like, so there was good things. Good things can happen from that. I mean, the, mon- <laughs> the monks back in Europe, like back in the old days, like they gave up wine for Lent and then ended up brewing some of the best beer I've ever had. That's... See that's 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 an example of absolutely replacing one thing with vi- something very similar. Uh, so okay, but honestly, maybe you should not. No, stream. no, absolutely. Um, I I honestly don't even didn't even think about that. It's it's interesting when you when you uh, are focused on one thing, you can obviously replace it without even thinking about it. And and I and I think that I did that very very uh, easily. Yeah, good job. Wow, that's what this podcast is. Jonathan <laughs> wanted me to come on to this hold is, me accountable. This is an intervention in front of everyone. <laughs> this is an intervention, Mark. Yay. Oh, that's funny. Um I am going to um two two of my things that I think that in order to make room in my life for like being comfortable with silence and so I think for me the two things that I want to uh, give up in terms of uh, what I'm doing is, is screens and snacks. So oh, screens snacks. for me, um, I am one to, I think just when I'm idle, uh, I'm not, I never feel, I always try and fill the silence. I always try and kind of fill the void, uh, whether, you know, I'm brushing my teeth or, or whatever it might be. And I think that just, so, so staying away from the screens for me, obviously, you know, not at work and that kind of thing, but uh, is going to help allow me to, I think, hear God's voice more because uh, ultimately he's found in the silence. And then also just snacks for me is not so much filling. I think I just try and fill my life with a you know constant pursuit of pleasure. So the snack thing for me is like, okay, this is a way to, to deny myself. That I think that as a part of, part of Lent, I think it's what, what part of what we do is we, you know, part of fasting and giving up things is we're, we're ultimately like clearing the way for God in our hearts. It's not so much like, is something I've been thinking about as I've prepared. Like when we fast, it's not like we always, I mean, YouTube isn't a bad thing. Um, 
you know, snacking or food is obviously not a bad thing. Um, but I think that ultimately what happens when we discipline ourselves, when we give up those things, it allows us to clear the way of our own hearts, the path to our own hearts for, for the Lord to, to be enthroned in there. So, and I think that's, I think that's an important thing to kind of take note on. Um, we just had, um, it was kind of a pseudo, uh, fat Tuesday celebration along with, uh, Lent preparation for edge last night. And we were talking to the kids about, you know, um, how we are as a parish, as a parish mission, we're going to be, uh, giving up something, but also picking up something. And so it's important that we kind of replace uh, the thing that we're giving up with with something, you know. So mm-hmm. um, I know that Jonathan has been working tirelessly on this um, this give up, pick up, offer up. Um, so what are you picking up during Lent? Okay, what am I picking up? I One of the big things I want to pick up is honestly just living into what we're doing as a parish. I think that uh, I'm really excited, uh, not just because I've been the one doing the stuff for Recenter, uh, Gomer and I, but I just want to, I like the idea of of picking up every week the things that um, we're picking up as a parish because I I think we go along Lent, and this was kind of the idea of of Recenter. So side note, Recenter, if you don't know anything about it yet, go to ap.church slash Recenter. this is perfect. If you're if you're listening to this, you know, at, on Ash Wednesday or, or the next day or before the first week of Lent or whatever, whenever it is. If you're at a point in Lent where you're like, oh, man, I really should do something in Lent, we've got you covered. Just go to ap.church slash center, and we have so all six weeks of Lent kind of lined up uh, for a, a give up, a fast, a pick up, some type of spiritual discipline that we're going to be uh, living into that week. And then an offer up a, a universal intention that we're all going to be directing our prayers towards uh, during Lent. And so for for the pickup in the for recenter, I think for me, a lot of times we go through Lent and it's you know me and Jesus. It's uh, I'm going to do this to grow closer to Jesus, which is, is good. But oftentimes we have our own little things. But I think there's a power in in doing this together, and, and as as a church, as a people, as a body of Christ, uh, uniting ourselves in this penitential act of, of Lent, this uh, this prayer, and, and all these things that we're doing together. So I guess the biggest thing for for pickup beyond, I mean, I'm doing my own give up stuff as well, but mm-hmm. for me, it's going to be uh, picking up the things during during Lent and, and really pressing into that. So yeah. yeah. What about you? Are you doing any pickup stuff? Um, I mean, honestly, one of the things that I, I love to do in my in my off time is read, but I would lo- I, I really want to read something spiritual. Mm-hmm. I'm I, I read not I'm I read a lot of fiction, nonfiction, but honestly, spiritual um, you know, books is something that is difficult. So this uh, year I want I want to kind of relook at some of the Catholic social teaching because uh, I think that that's really important. I've been talking about it for a couple of weeks and I think that this Lent, hopefully I can kind of relook at Rerum Navarum and then the Pope's responses to that, you know. What's uh, your favorite Pope response one? <laughs> Quadragesimo anno. <laughs> I mean, that's what's hard. Is I, I remember, w- Jonathan, when we were in college, we would read all these Latin texts. And I used to be so good at remembering these Latin texts, and it's so it's so difficult. But I know John Paul II's response was, was very apt um, uh-huh. because he was writing that as... Um, you know, the West was, you know, embattled, you know, or, or you know, 
you know, at battle with, um, you know, severe communism restrictions mm-hmm, right, on right, the right. Catholic Church in, in the East. And, and to clarify, before you think we're way too smart, when he said <laughs> we read the Latin text, all he means oh, by that, <laughs> <laughs> all he means by that is the title was in Latin. Yep. Everything else was in English. Franciscan's pretty traditional, not that traditional. Yeah, so we're, we're not that smart. Uh, not we even don't close. know how to read Latin. Uh, but if you want to think that, maybe I'll edit this out so that you think we do. Um, yeah, so awesome. So reading some of the Catholic social teaching, yeah. uh, which is, I think, obviously very pertinent for our, for our time. Um, yeah, I think so, picking up a spiritual read, uh, if you're thinking, looking to do something besides what we're doing, uh, or in addition to what we're doing as of a course, parish, yeah. is always a great, great idea. And and then also the the other piece that we're doing, like uh, we I kind of mentioned a second ago, is, is the offer up as a parish. So mm-hmm. having an intention that all... Of, imagine our whole parish praying for the same intention. Like what... What could what mountains could God move in, in the lives of, of our community, of our church, and of the world if we're all focused on the same intention? So I want to really encourage you to to jump into this whole recenter thing because ultimately, uh, what it's designed to do is put Jesus back at the center of our hearts, which I think is perfect. Uh, if you went, I'm sure all of you went to either an Ash Wednesday distribution of Astras or Mass, and I love the first reading from Joel. It's something that I. I love how Lent typically will start off with this first reading of the Old Testament where uh, where he says, Even now, says the Lord, return to me with your whole heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments, and return to the Lord your God. For this idea like that at the end of the day, whatever you're doing, uh, whether it be the recenter um, practice that we're doing as a parish, whether you're doing stuff in addition to that, the focus is we're rending our hearts to the Lord. We're giving back our hearts to the Lord. We're returning to the Lord. Like the first words of Mark's gospel, repent that you have when you have the ashes traced of your forehead. Repent and believe in the gospel. Um, ultimately, we're recentering our hearts on Jesus because that is what, at the end of the day, what Lent is about. It's yeah. it's this 40 days, yeah, preparation for, for the cross and for the resurrection. Um, but it's also a moment where we imitate Christ himself who went into the desert uh, for 40 days. So I uh, hope you'll uh, join us, join us in that. So I know that that, that, I mean, especially, um, uh, Jonathan and I just went to the, um, the, the liturgy of the, the word, uh, distribution of ashes. And I know that the readings specifically, um, I mean, they always just jump out to me around this time because, uh, they're just so perfectly chosen. Um, and it's about how, um, you know, if you do these grand, you know, these grand gestures, you know, and, you know, you are noticed, like, that is your reward, which is ultimately nothing, you mm-hmm. know. And so right, right, right. It, it really harkens back to, um, you know, Jonathan and I went to the same university, and there's a, a spirituality at Franciscan that's really beautiful, but then there's almost a, comp, a competitive spirituality at Franciscan where I know that, um, you know, people would uh, just, you know, try to one-ups each other with what they're holier giving. than you are, <laughs> which, which is just not, you know, the point, you know, I mean, around Franciscan, you could see people in, and it's winter right now without shoes on. And, mm-hmm. you know, people are like, well, put your shoes back on, you know, or people that are like, Oh, I'm not sleeping on beds or I'm not, you know, I'm not taking warm showers. And it's just, and th- those are all good things, but it's, you know, it's the intent in our heart yeah. in, in, in why we, you know, do, we do these yeah. things. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it, it, everything kind of goes back. I love that image, uh, for the recenter. Um, thing that we're doing for Lent, the, the image of the heart. That is, at the end of the day, like the, that Lent goes back to the heart, the intent. The uh, Am I allowing the Lord to soften it over the next 40 days? Um, so <laughs> I want to jump into 
the so we're obviously first of all I, w- I hope that you're going to take if you haven't already spend some time asking the Lord how ultimately you're being called to return to him ultimately how you were called to be uh, recentering your life on him again in the next 40 days um, and then we also want to shift okay as core members what does this mean for us mm. uh, so for for core members I want to start actually kind of more so with the younger grades uh, Mark when it comes to you know, fifth through eighth graders, uh, what would you say? I know you just had a, a, a edge night last night mm-hmm. when it came to um, this idea of give up, pick up, offer up. But how, how do you help your teens and, and the youth along uh, that are in your small group along the process of Lent and living it fruitfully? And this is, this is something that I've been speaking to my core members about, that of any of the liturgical seasons in the church, I think Lent is something that the youth can understand the sacrifice for mm-hmm. you know we're 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 constantly called to you know give alms and sacrifice but i don't think that that is you know within our you know you know regular culture as catholics sometimes you know and so but 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 the youth do understand the idea of giving up something for lent and it's something that you know in small groups in years past you know it is something that can can spark really great discussions every single week checking in you know that's why we share what we're giving up for lent with each other so that we can hold each other accountable and also check in with each other it's not to one up but mm-hmm. it's to you know, talk about maybe the ways that, you know, it might be, might have been difficult or ways that, you know, you might have failed. And so um, in, in those small groups, specifically those fifth and sixth graders recognize that the sacrifice that they're making, you know, is to their level, you know, significant. I was in a small group, leading a small group with, with sixth grade boys last week. And um, if you're a, a core member and you probably know the word Fortnite means, um, but it's a video game that is very popular among their, the kids. And one of the kids that has been talking about this video game for nonstop said that he was going to give up video games for Lent. And I was shocked. I mean, like yeah. absolutely shocked because I, I almost didn't believe it, but he seemed so sincere that I was I was moved. And yeah. so if he can do that, I mean, imagine. Which is what, huge. I mean, absolutely. that's a huge sacrifice absolutely. for a kid. Oh, well, 100%. A lot of times. That, yeah. that, that's a world. Yeah. And so kind of, you know, our expectations need to mm-hmm. be, you know, with that age group. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So I think that's, uh, first of all, keeping in mind, okay, for each age group, whatever age group you're working with, like that's the, the sacrifice or, or the, the spiritual discipline or whatever it might be that they're doing is going to look different for each age group. And then also, too, I think it's as important with, with everything that we do in youth ministry uh, that we're always pointing back to the family. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things that I think that, um, especially for fifth through eighth grade, um, but also for honest, for everybody, all the way through 12th grade, uh, high schoolers included, is uh, w- how are we encouraging the, the families to, to live into Lent? I think something that could be really well done is looking at recenter and looking at how encouraging families, if you know any of the parents of uh, your your teens, if you have any contact with them, like via email or anything like that, maybe I, I think a great thing to do is for you as a core member is to empower the parents. Because ultimately, if you look at Lent, I don't, pretty much most of the schedules are, are kind of wonky when it comes to our regularity of meeting with spring break and with, with Holy Week, Easter, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, you know, you're not going to be able to just on your own help shape the teens lent it ultimately like everything we do it, it really does rest on, on the parents and so i want to encourage you if it's been a while since you maybe sent a note out to your uh, the parents of your small group this is a great time and a great opportunity to do that to say 
hey, parents, I don't know if you've seen it before, but I would check out what we're doing as a parish for Lent. And as a family, they can, you know, custom tailor whatever works for them. And so, you know, if they're a house full of, you know, high school students and the parents, then yeah, you can really live into fully, I think, the each week of, of recenter. So, you know, giving up, you know, the first week meet uh, completely as a family, which is something, again, you know, a fifth grader can't really choose, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to live into recenter and I'm going to give up meat the whole week if they don't have the support of their family because mom's cooking dinner, right? Or dad's cooking dinner. It's not going to be the teen is going to completely be able to, or the youth is going to be able to completely do that. And so encouraging the family to do that and adapting that as they need. So maybe, maybe the, it's a bunch of young kids in the house and they really can't uh, give up, you know, one of the things during, during Lent, but encouraging them to, Encouraging the parents to to look at the six week as as a family and see like how can I live into this not just so I can help uh, you know live into the whole parish and what we're doing for Lent but also our duty as parents uh, for those of you who are parents is, is to uh, raise our children in the faith and so this is Lent is such a good opportunity to do this and to as a family kind of as a family to return to the Lord with your whole heart. Um, get get beyond just the you know sitting down at the meals and saying grace and that be the extent of our faith life together, but walking together I think can be super transformative not just for the teen, not just for ourselves, but for the entire family. So, um, and, and, one, other, and one of the things that I was kind of thinking about is is just coincidentally um, the last edge and anchor session before we we um, you know had Ash Wednesday was the third commandment, which is keep. Uh, Holy the Sabbath mm-hmm. day, which I think is really beautiful because during the season of Lent, Sunday does not count as a day of Lent. It's a day of celebration. And so an encouragement that I would have is um, making that Sunday that a very holy day for your family, you know, a, yeah. a day of, of rejoicing, a day of, you know, coming together, you know, um, and, and recognizing that that is a day kind of outside of Lent for us to kind of recharge mm-hmm. and, and rest. I think, you know, keeping that, that, that day holy and separate. Yeah. So, so check in when next time you have a small group, uh, even if it's at a social night, uh, I would encourage you to try and touch base with, with your teens, with the youth, see how, what they're doing. Because by the time you're hearing this, you know, spring break is next week. And so you're not going to have it, uh, have your session next week. But when you do see them, check and see how Lent is going for them. If they haven't started... Don't make sure you encourage them that hey, you know, it's even if it's a week or two in, you haven't failed at Lent. You can still, you know, give up something, pick up something, offer up something for the remainder of Lent, and be really fruitful for them. And then also, especially since we aren't going to meet with them during this first week of Lent, I want to really encourage you uh, to reach out to the families. We're going to be doing that obviously via flock note and all that kind of stuff, but it's much more effective when, when you as core members do that and encourage the families to live into Lent together to recenter their hearts on Jesus. So, And if uh, you happen to not have the emails, just make sure that you, you know, email your director and then, yep. I mean, the, or the, the coordinator of the program and, and we'll get those emails to for you. For sure. For sure, for sure. Nice. So now what I want to close out with, and this is on a more like somber, serious note, um, is Mark, what is the weirdest thing you've ever, <laughs> ever done for Lent? Okay, so uh, we just we're we're just talking about this. So um, when I was in college, um, again, you you kind of look for interesting, challenging ways <laughs> to give up. And and I was I'm I'm still a talker, big talker. And so during Lent, when I was at Franciscan, uh, I decided that during Holy Week, not during the entire week of Lent, but during Holy Week, I would give up talking. 
um, except, you know, if, if called on by a professor. But I would give up talking. And Jonathan was a roommate of mine during that time. <laughs> it's a really peaceful week. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, and coincidentally, uh, believe it or not, that was the very week when I was not talking was when I met my wife. Um, well, uh, my soon-to-be wife. Um, and it was a very interesting experience. We actually met at Holy Thursday. You spoke to her with your eyes, I right? spoke to her with my <laughs> eyes. Yes, absolutely. We communicated. And actually, um, afterwards, we went to the cafeteria. And because we're in Mass, so nobody talks in Mass anyway. So we didn't meet in Mass anyway. But we met in the cafeteria. And uh, they were everyone was introducing themselves to my wife and uh they got to me and somebody introduced me to her and they're like oh this is mark <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't talk <laughs> they didn't explain very well they're like he just doesn't That's talk it. so my wife burst out laughing and then everyone looked serious and so she thought i was just like a uh, person that just didn't talk for for a little bit until they eventually explained it. So, so for a while she thought that, and so she took you on a pity date. And now y'all are <laughs> married, right? Is that how it works? That's exactly, yeah, um, kind of. But yeah, I mean, it, it, there there are there are so many things that we can give up for Lent. Um, I can't do that anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're not necessarily encouraging that. I know, but but it is. It's interesting. Like last year, my my daughter gave up tickling, and that was really hard for me because for some <laughs> reason I had to stop tickling her for Lent as well which I uh, didn't 100% agree with. But sometimes... Uh, so again, giving up things is uh, on an age-appropriate thing. Yeah. Like, what? it might be weird if I say, hey, what are you giving up? Uh, I'm giving up tickling. <laughs> but Evelyn is six. Uh, she's, she, well, yeah, and, and that, was a big, that was a big deal for her. What about you, Jonathan? What was the weirdest thing that you've given up for Lent? Uh, so, so I guess maybe weirdest sacrifice or just like... I think sometimes we, we you know, have these heroic ideas of like... You know, I'm going to do this for you, Jesus. And it's good. And we should, like, really think big, I think, when we can come to Lent. But this takes me back again. I think just in general, like, I, I think a lot of things that I do that are stupid ended up being, like, our time in college, right? So I remember our semester being in uh, Gomming, Austria. We spent a semester abroad. Franciscan has a campus there. And me and Mark and our other roommate, Edmund, we're, I think, sitting around during Lent and saying, okay, what are we going to do to just, you know, sacrifice and, you know, be men and just offer up some of our, our suffering for the Lord? I think that was kind of kind of the idea. And we lived in the middle of the small town in Austria, in the middle of the mountains. and uh, In the Alps. In the like, Alps. Like, the foothills the... of the Alps. It was yeah. pretty great. And our our room actually opened up towards the back of the place that we stayed, called the Cartalza. And as we're looking out the window of the Cartalza, if you look straight out of our, our room window and you look up, there's just there's just a mountain there. Just, there's just like a, just a straight mountain. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure maybe those things, maybe the mountain had some trails somewhere and that kind of stuff, but it was, you know, in the middle of the spring, so in the Alps. So it was definitely pretty, pretty full of snow. You say spring, yeah, spring with a lot was, of snow. It was winter still. Yeah. And we're like, you know, this is what we could do. We could just, let's just, you know, hike up the mountain, just straight up there. And, and, you know, during our time up there, we're going to say rosaries and, you know, we, we, as brought, brothers. we brought journals and we brought, um, liturgy of the hours. Oh yeah, we, brought, we were, it was going to be, we had a lot of preparation when it came to our spiritual stuff. We had no preparation for supplies. And I think that's because, uh, why is that? Uh, we meet both you and I are from <laughs> Texas and Edmund is from Florida. And so yeah. this is, we were not prepared at all to, we borrowed Which like Which is crazy of, because you're an Eagle Scout. Yeah. There's almost no, like, <laughs> don't bring <laughs> you're that an Eagle up. Scout in Texas. Don't bring it up. And so long story <laughs> short, we were like, we're wearing almost just tennis shoes and we just walk straight up the mountain in the snow. At one point we were like, 
I remember like just stopping and like just screaming out because it was just it was just really cold. cold. We were like walking across like at one point in almost waist deep snow. And later on, we realized once the snow had melted and we we saw back up there again that we were actually walking on uh, underneath a lake or not underneath a lake was underneath us. So that was fun. Um, And we were gonna the whole goal was we're gonna we're gonna spend a night on top of the mountain and just. I think it was the the weekend. We were gonna spend the weekend. Oh, the whole weekend. The whole weekend. Like two days. Yeah. So we get to the top of the mountain. We are soaked through like our our feet are freezing we are so cold we start this little tiny fire on the top of of the mountain and i say mountain weird so get over it and we're taking off our socks and shoes and, and holding them over didn't have ex- extra socks no, no, extra, no socks. extra socks this is really dumb again we had our liturgy hours but not extra socks <laughs> not the best idea and we are freezing we end up getting in the tent we try and like get close for warmth and about five minutes in like i think all of us are being quiet trying to you know nobody talk we're just going to grit through it. And we were all just in our minds thinking, okay, who's going to be the first one? Who's going to be the first one? And I forget who it was, but one of us was just like, okay, I'm done. I can't do this. And so we pack up the tent real fast. We've been, we've been up there for less than an hour. We literally slide down the entire mountain. It took us seven hours to climb that mountain. It took us 45, 45 minutes, minutes to fall down the mountain. To fall down the mountain was- straight into the local brewery. And we <laughs> Which is really funny because we went around and told probably 50 to 60 people. Hey, pray for us. Hey, we're going to be, go. be on a pilgrimage all weekend. It's yeah. going to be really intense. We lasted for, you know, seven hours, slid down the mountain, people and then were. had a beer. So That was a really humbling, but also, uh, also we could have died. Like, we never talked about that, but, like, that would have been bad. Yeah, that would have been bad. So <laughs> all that to say, when it comes to Lent, uh, be realistic, be heroic, be heroic in what you're doing. I think at the end of the day, seriously, uh, the 40 days can, I was talking to a teen two weeks ago and, you know, talking to him, okay, do you have a, like, would you say you have a relationship with Jesus? And he thought about it for a minute. He's like, you know, I don't, I don't know if I do. And I, I told him about a time in, in my life when I was struggling with that question. Like I had all these friends that talked about how close they were with Jesus, how they had a relationship with him. And I remember venting my frustration uh, to a priest and just saying, Father Dominic, like, what do I do? Uh, I, I don't feel like I have a relationship with Jesus. I love God, but I don't really get that what it means. And Father, in his wisdom, you know, said, go to the Adoration Chapel once a day for five minutes and just say, you know, Jesus, show me who you are. Jesus, show me who you are. And it was in the process of that daily commitment of just five minutes um, of sitting in front of Jesus and just asking him that question, Jesus, show me who you are. Jesus, show me who you are. In the end of about 30 to 40 days, it wasn't during Lent, but just that consistency. Like I realized that you know my whole life w- was made to to love the Lord. W- my whole life was designed to have a relationship with the living God, uh, who became flesh, who dwelt among us, so that we might not have this idea that God is far off, but that He is close to us. And so ultimately, when it comes to Lent, be heroic, be consistent, um, be okay with failures, um, and know that that Christ is there to to walk with you. Uh, and to ultimately um, be enthroned in your heart. And so I, I pray and hope that this, um, this Lent, uh, that it is fruitful for you. The best thing that we can do as core members this Lent is to grow in our own holiness. The best thing that you can do for the teens in your small group is to be holy and be perfect like your Heavenly Father is perfect. We're never going to reach that, but we're going to strive for this Lent. Um, so know that we're praying for you. Know that... Um, we have a great thing in store, and the church gives us this gift of this season so that we can return to God with our whole hearts. So any last thoughts, Mark, when we, before we leave? 
Uh, the only thing that I've been, you know, kind of thinking about closing on is, is just to kind of remember that um, in Matthew 4, 2, it says that Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and after that, he was hungry and then was tempted. And so we have to lean on Jesus. We have to lean on God during these 40 days because they might be days of severe temptation, especially if we are, you know, sacrificing and making the Lord happy. Mm -hmm. You know, that is what is making Satan unhappy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So stay strong. We're praying for you. We're really excited. We hope that you're going to be joining us as a parish for Recenter and uniting all of our prayers together for a common goal to grow closer to the Lord. So we will see you next week on the Corecast. Have an awesome week and an awesome beginning to learn. Thanks, guys. Bye.